2: If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's really easy to use, you guys. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today.
3: We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get this job done. You got to win a win. It's simple, simple, simple for us.
0: The first team ever in the 74 year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3 1
1: twice in the same playoffs.
3: Nuggets down 1
2: into Murray. Here we go. 10 seconds. Murray to Jokic. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast on Denver Sips Network. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. You can follow me and all the work I do at Vida Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram. And my lovely co-host is back. It was so rough not having you here. I know it was only one week, but please don't make me do it again. Riley Biller in the house. What's up, Riley?
3: We are back in action
2: (laughs) back in action i gotta tell you riley i know it's protocol to have watched the bachelor before we record and i tried but i did not finish the whole episode so don't tell me no matter what happens in this episode of chicken nuggets don't tell me the end because i don't know what's happened yet
3: unfortunately i haven't even watched any ah i feel so much better now Mm-hmm. I didn't just
2: break protocol by myself. We both broken protocol without even knowing it. Great. <laughs> yeah, we did. T- that's protocol, guys. If, in case you were wondering, I absolutely am a tough, um, I don't even know if I could call you, call myself your boss, mm-hmm. but um, host, I guess, podcast host. I'm very tough. The protocol before the show, you got to watch The Bachelor. You don't need to necessarily have watched The Nuggets to be on this show. <laughs> But The Bachelor
3: is a necessity.
2: Yes, absolutely. hundred percent necessary. Um, otherwise, none of the, I mean, if you guys aren't watching The Bachelor, I'm not sure you've understood much of our show <laughs> because there's a lot of analogies going on. Um, it's always fun though. Uh, today we actually have a pretty fun show because there's actually a lot to talk about. And since Riley and I had the Super Bowl on Sunday, we didn't record our Sunday show that we do on YouTube. And last week I recorded the pot alone. So we really haven't talked much basketball together in a while. And um, yeah, so we're going to have a lot to say. There's going to be a lot of fun topics. We're going to go over this. Today's episodes are is called the woes, the woes, as in like, whoa, I can't actually whoa, Riley. Can you whoa? Uh,
3: uh, Oh, if I dance then we're going to lose a lot of people on (laughs) me. they don't even have to see it <laughs> I mean, just my sound effects i think will do it so i'm i'm gonna keep that one to myself i'll leave it for benny's watch later <laughs> well benny he's a
2: dancer he likes oh, to he dance. Can
3: dance it up i mean he when we do a little dancing tango and he makes me look good
2: yeah yeah he's a, he's a good one but uh okay that's fine we won't make we won't force you to woe mm-hmm. um the woe is big in pepsi center now ball arena testicle arena because um pause the music the dj for the nuggets actually loves to woe and he's always woeing and then throwing it over to katie wingy who loves to woe too and she throws and woes it over and then sometimes they even woe with fans in the crowd when they there were fans um Riley lives in a place where there are people everywhere doing everything, like mm-hmm. dancing and wowing, and fans in buildings and concerts and stuff. Even without mass, it's pretty crazy.
3: We um, live in different worlds. South we Park really do. <laughs> Come on down. We'll show sure you here.
2: I feel like that um, is one hundred percent true because. It's weird that we have never danced together, actually. Like, I feel like that's one of the things you do when you get a new friend is like, let's go out dancing, let's go out There's to the bar.
3: That's a reason, and it's not COVID.
2: It's not COVID? COVID's not the reason we haven't danced together. Interesting, okay. Good I to was, know. I
3: was say this. During my time in high school, I was banned from dancing. <laughs> By who? By my coaches. Uh, not not <laughs> allowed,
2: not allowed. <laughs> Is that for, for like, safety reasons? Health and safety protocol? Is that what that is?
3: Um, it, it was more for, like, our team confidence. It would lower it uh, tremendously. <laughs> and oh, we, okay. we tried try to keep it high. Even when we were number two in the state, it was like, Riley, don't you do it. Don't you whip it. <laughs> don't you whip it. <laughs> I see. Well, that
2: is the... W- That is actually um, that makes a lot of sense now. Now I understand a few things. So (laughs) good to know. We've never danced, and it's not because of COVID, guys. It's it's Riley. So you're wondering, (laughs) but we have a lot of woes for this episode, and the first one, maybe being the most important one, the one that everyone wants to know, and that's the third quarter woes. The third quarter woes have been brutal Riley what have you been noticing in third quarters like what's going on with the Nuggets
3: um I think they honestly just come out super flat out of halftime like I don't know what they're doing in the locker room or I don't know if they're doing the right warm-ups coming out of the half or what it is but it just kind of seems like they're not there I don't know if they're like on their phones or something um I'm only saying that because I saw Kevin Durant on his phone during a game last week and I thought it was Hilarious. And then it made me think like, wow, is he the only one or there are other dudes. And then I looked up and it's like a bunch of people have been on their phones during games. And I'm like, wait, we always come out flat in the third quarter and players are on their phone. So I started connect the dots. I'm like, maybe they get kind of a little bit hyped up on themselves, like a little too cocky. Cause maybe like they play, they normally play pretty well in the first or second quarter. And then they just come out like almost like the job's finished and then they crack. That's what I've noticed.
2: Interesting. I had not noticed like Kevin Durant wasn't sitting out of that game when he was
3: on his phone. No. So that was, that was the game that he was not starting. Then he came in and then they took him out because they contact trace in the middle of the game, I guess. And, and then he posted free me Ah. during the fourth quarter. Yeah.
2: I won't say who, but I will say that I know for sure one player was on their phone during a game recently. I won't say whether that player was suited up or whether that player was sitting out for that game, but yeah, I have I definitely do know that sometimes they're on their phones at least at the halftime. So it, it's a possibility. Um, I really want <laughs> I really want to figure out what's going on with these guys because um, I, I mean, one, I'm betting on the other team to win the third quarter until the nuggets figure out what is going on. Actually, as I've been kind of keeping track for, for betting purposes and everything and for my own understanding of this team, I've been keeping track of who wins each quarter, right? And the Nuggets have really struggled. The third quarter, they have only won 10 of 24 times. And they haven't won a third quarter They since the game against San Antonio. They won that third quarter. And then before that, it wasn't till Phoenix, uh, the two games against Phoenix, that they had won a third quarter. So this hasn't been a new thing. It's It's definitely like been going on throughout the season in spurts there's like a couple of games two or three games where they can win the third quarter they almost never win the second and the third quarter that almost never happens if they lose the second quarter they win the third quarter but they almost never win the second quarter and win the third quarter which is really interesting to me like anecdotally obviously like we have no proof of this or anything we're just looking at the, you know, did they outscore the team in that half or in that 12 minutes, but, um, kind of interesting, like to, to your point, you know, maybe they do get too hyped when they win the second quarter. So they come out flat and maybe when they lose the second quarter, they, you know, they have like that fight in them. They still are ready to, to win. So what I have found is like when the nuggets win, uh, lose the second quarter but win the third quarter they typically win the game because they come out with a little bit more fight they typically have a pretty good first quarter if they can win the first and the third they almost always win the fourth and um and so that's kind of been interesting as far as like mentally what's going on there i did look into the numbers on it a bit i really wanted to understand what is going on i looked at their free throws Their uh two you know two-point basket attempts and their three-pointer basket attempts um and a couple things are consistently true um in the third quarter the nuggets almost always foul their opponent more like their opponent goes to the line a lot more in the third quarter than they do in other quarters almost consistently meaning they're probably playing lazy defense
3: Yes, that's exactly what that means, which is interesting after just being rested for like 20 minutes.
2: Right. Right. Um, I don't know if that's like, okay, I'm just focused on my offense. Now I got to get my offense going again. So I'm not, I can't think offense and defense at the same time, which is very true for at least one player. We're going to talk about in today's episode, but, um, yeah, it's, it's lazy defense after coming out of the half and uh, there's several games. So I specifically looked back um, beginning with this Bucks game. I wanted to look at the three um, recent losses and um, in the Bucks game, the Bucks almost shot similarly. They shot way more free throws, but they almost shot similarly from, from three point range in the third and from two point range in the third to to the nuggets third quarter. So it's not that like the opposing team. and, And when you looked at the Kings and when you looked at the Lakers, the Lakers is the one that kind of stands out. But then if you go deeper and you look at the jazz and then Miami and then Dallas, all of those teams, they lost the third quarter to. And when you look, the majority of teams are not like being way more aggressive than the nuggets in the third quarter shoot taking a a ton more shots Miami did and the Lakers did but most of the teams are taking similar amounts of shots as the nuggets are in that quarter they're making more which also tells me they're playing lazy defense (laughs) you know they're like they're getting more opportunities from three they're getting more easier buckets from two they're playing lazy defense and it and That's like where I really think it just has to come down to is the Nuggets must just be coming out and, and it's defense in the third quarter. That's really struggling. I know Malone's been saying it. I know a couple of players have acknowledged, you know, oh, my defense has been bad and everything, but I just don't know what, like what good defense for this team would even look like at this point.
3: Yeah. I've told you a couple of weeks ago, I've given up faith really in their defense and yeah we saw a little spurt in their little win streak but this team just it's they, they just can't do it they I don't know what it is but they've never really been able to do it I don't believe they can do it consistently I told you last time that I just think that their whole game plan should be to outscore teams but if they're not even being aggressive on the offensive end in the third quarter they can't expect to win that game they got to yeah. win one side.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it was really interesting to look um, at like it in depth and look specifically at like their shooting based on free throws and twos and threes and kind of break it down. One thing that I will say is pretty interesting is that almost consistently the Nuggets take less free throws than their opposing teams. Their opposing teams almost always take more free throws. Worst of all... against the Lakers, of course, Um, they took one free throw in the first quarter. One. You got to be telling me that in 12 minutes, there was never, ever anyone who was tousled or toppled or touched on a shot? You got to be kidding me. No. One in the first quarter. It gets worse, Riley. One in the third quarter for the Nuggets. Again, one. These refs are... That is not cool. I was was
3: confused if you were trying to throw shade at the refs for being biased for the Lakers or shade at Denver for not being aggressive. Because let me tell you, it's like they went into that game knowing they were going to lose.
2: I mean, the shade is twofold, Riley, you know, it's, it's for the refs and it's for the Nuggets. The fact it gets worse, by the way, I know you thought it didn't. I know you thought it's just the first and the third quarter, but no, no, no. In the fourth quarter, the Nuggets shot two free throws, mm-hmm. so a whopping two. In the second quarter, they did get eleven opportunities at the line, but the Lakers had double-digit opportunities in each quarter. Just saying, refs, that's crazy.
3: That's a lot. I don't know. I'm taking a. I'm giving LeBron that that foul call more than Jamal by a long shot.
2: I mean, I don't know why. I don't know, I don't understand If one why. man
3: is aggressive and determined and the other guy is like, hello?
2: That's not in the definition of foul. Be aggressive, huh? you must be aggressive to have a foul called. That's not in the definition, a foul's a foul.
3: Yeah, a foul's a foul, but you gotta be aggressive to get the foul.
2: In fact, I'd say if if the person with the ball in their hand is being aggressive, the foul should be on
3: them. Oh, stop it.
2: <laughs> that's that you're, my reaching, honest opinion. you're like
3: reaching you're reaching hard <laughs> you get a five point out on the three-point line
2: <laughs> I mean there is something to what I have to what I'm saying though like like Jamal is tinier than than LeBron uh he's obviously flying around more than LeBron LeBron's a freaking um I mean flying around not by throwing himself because lebron flops all over the place i'm not saying that
3: i'm just saying that jamal is like the least aggressive player probably on the nuggets right now and there's no way in hell i'm blowing my whistle for his lazy bum
2: i i didn't know refs got to use their you know decisiveness on if you're lazy i'm not blowing the whistle for you
3: well if i saw jamal in the paint somewhere then maybe i'd blow it but I don't seem to find him there these days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jamal was really down on himself uh, lately. Or he should be. In the last game.
3: He really should be. This is, uh, this is, woof. We're taking big steps back. We're, we're almost hopping.
2: Um, I didn't know we needed to discuss Jamal's woes. By
3: the way, I just woed for all those who couldn't see it. <laughs> I her voice changing in the pitch.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Riley was like, what's happening right now? (laughs) I don't need, I gotta be honest, I don't actually know if I know how to whoa. I'm just doing what I think this little kid told me to do, so. Oh, that's
3: what I assumed. Yeah. To be honest.
2: (laughs) So you're hating on Jamal right now. You think Jamal has been lacking aggression. I mean, what do you want from him? He's gonna miss, you want him to miss twice as many shots?
3: Yeah, no, there is no place. To defend jamal murray right now i am sick of this man this season to be honest and i would not be upset if they traded him wow yep i said it here folks here's the thing about jamal murray that i've learned more than anything else in denver this man is not a superstar because it seems like he just doesn't care and yes he can make clutch shots Yes, we've seen him do it. Yes, we've seen him score back to back 50 games, 50 point games. But when it comes down to it, to me, the superstar goes out there every night and plays their little tail off. And A, I don't see that from Jamal. And B, you work hard to live up to that hype. And you're not scared of it. And he surely is scared of it because he doesn't know what to do with himself. And then three, yeah, but sometimes it,
2: people are scared of it because of the influences around them. I think what's going on with Jamal, it can be is partially what's going on with MPJ.
3: No, 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 no. Jamal, it was in a totally different category than MPJ. He's seeing Jokic literally, literally carry this team on his back. And he's just sitting over there chilling in the corner. Oh, hey, Jamal. Uh, Hey, Yoka, do you need any help? No, I'm just going to sit right here.
2: Well, I I mean, I think most people would say Jamal's one of the hardest-working guys on this team.
3: Oh, you could be hard-working in practice and before the game and anything you want to be hard-working in. But when it's game time, I want to see it. Otherwise, you're a practice star. Congratulations.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Riley with the hot takes. She is pissed. Jamal is not doing enough... What do you want to see from him more? Are you trying to, you want like a better effort as far as like rebounding goes? Because I feel like his defense hasn't been bad.
3: I need an all around just, I, it's like, okay, this is what I'm comparing it to from what I've seen. You know, when Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick, all the talent in the world can make a bucket, play defense, has that athleticism. He has the package, Right. What does Andrew Wiggins not have? Shot? (laughs) He's shooting pretty well. I mean, he he doesn't have assertiveness or doing whatever it takes to win and wants to win. And when you think of Andrew Wiggins, you think he's a good player, but he's not a winner. And when I'm looking at Jamal Murray just trotting around, not going to the ball, asking for the ball, calling for the ball, demanding being one of the stars on this team, I'm like, wow, this was Andrew Wiggins before Andrew Wiggins. And I'm like, I guess he came after technically. So I guess Andrew Wiggins number two. But (laughs) I I can't, like, he needs, he looks up to Kobe Bryant. What did Kobe Bryant have that we always compare that he had with M.J.? Certainness, willing to win, do whatever it takes, wanting to be that guy. Jamal does not have that. And I don't think he ever will. It's like, dude, you're good, no, you're good. Be cocky for me. I never say that to a man, but I need to say it to him.
2: I mean, Jamal,
3: I think what Jamal is lacking too is like Jamal
2: is cocky, but he gets hyped from the crowd and there's no crowd right now. I feel like it does, it, it has an effect on him. And in fact, the next time I get a chance, I will ask him in a press conference. that's affecting him because i think it does affect his his game for sure
3: um but they're all going through it they're they're all not having a crowd but you still see the superstars of their each team still performing it's just not use anymore
2: i just mean like maybe jamal isn't aware that it's affecting him maybe he's you know grinding i think that that you're missing a huge part in in the sense that okay there's all this pressure being put on him now for sure But, and I'm not saying he's not going to live, he shouldn't have to live up to it or he's not going to live up to it. I think he should, and he will. I think what's happening is that there's been an insane amount of demand on his body. And it's, it's crippling. Jamal is the kind of player who doesn't get better in the off season. He rests in the off season. He literally needs to just like not do basketball, be with his family, eat jerk chicken and Jamaican food. And like, that's like, Jamal just needs to chill when he's out in in the off season because he works so, 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 so hard and puts everything into the regular season. I get it that, you know, I mean, you haven't watched Jamal that many years. You admitted that before, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I will say like, if you've watched Jamal over time, one, his numbers are not that different from past years. I think what we're frustrated with is that we want we think there should be a huge increase and I think people I mean I know people Doris Burke came to Denver last year to do a piece on Jamal being an up-and-coming star and then he you know we also kind of felt let down by him because we're like we're not seeing that up-and-coming star like Doris Burke write a feature on you kind of kind of moments from him Um, I don't know if anyone else like Doris Burke is like way up here for everybody on the pod but I'm saying it's a big deal (laughs) <laughs> in case you missed that. And um, and his numbers aren't that different now, but last year I definitely thought it was like I was concerned, like what's going on? Why isn't he stepping up to the plate? What, it, what does he need now at this point? This year I'm not so much concerned for like why isn't he stepping up? I, I know why he can't step up. His body's broken. He's tired. He needs a break. He needs a break. He needs more of a break. And Jamal, Jamal, I will say before you tell me he has all the money in the world to get like all this rest and all this stuff. He's not LeBron. He did not his contract kicked in this season. And I know that Jamal is a God, I don't want to say like, this is not a diss on Jamal, but I think that he's like, he manages his money. Well, he doesn't like go out and he's not wasteful or like, Going out and about and like just like spending tons of cash. Like I know he like he doesn't drive like necessarily the nicest car or whatever you know like or the newest car. Like some players go out and they like literally. God, who was that little player who y'all, went to the? Hockey?
3: I just want y'all to notice that I had such a nerve with Jenna about Jamal that somehow we end up on the topic. This is not a fucking nerve you hit. He doesn't buy. All the I'm nice
2: saying that's is her, your
3: her we're out the conversation. conversation.
2: No, we're missing a piece to the like we're assuming that he's like not working hard, or you're a say, you know, you're wanting more from him, but he can only give you as much as the rest that he's been given, is my point. And he hasn't taken that rest. He hasn't had time to to really rest. And I'm not saying that okay, everybody else in the league didn't have the same amount of time, but everyone else in the league did not have the same amount of usage for the same amount of games as deep as he went into that postseason. I'm sorry, but him and Jokic played way I more can, minutes I than any two other can. two people in that played that deep. Look it I up. Can,
3: I can probably find five people.
2: Who played At more least. minutes deeper into last season into the bubble?
3: Yes. I no, could probably find five people. No, more minutes. And let me know. Jenna, how old is Jamal Murray?
2: It doesn't you? matter.
3: It shouldn't matter. <laughs> he's 24 correct
2: um yeah i i think so 23 he's gonna be 24 at the end of this month
3: okay let me tell you a little story if i'm playing some basketball in the driveway with some cousins right ranging the ages from 15 to 40 who's waking up sore the next day it's not the 22-year-old or the 15-year-old. It's the 40-year-old. It's the 34-year-old. It's the 35-year-old. This man is 24 years old. His body is a 24-year-old body. I Is
2: it, uh, though? Is it I, a 24-year-old body when you have a coach who runs his two main guys, his two only guys, basically, into the ground? Look at Jokic. He's falling apart. He's going to fall apart soon, too, if, he, if we're not careful. This no. guy – like I'm looking at Jamal's minutes this season and there's multiple over 40 minute games. One, two, three, four, five, five games that I can see off the top of my head here that are multi, that are over 40 minutes that he played. And most of them are in the 36 minutes, high thirties. It's a lot of minutes. It's a lot of wear and tear.
3: Jenna, Jokic has played 36 minutes per game. Jamal Murray has played 35 minutes per game. Minus two minutes, minus two whole games.
2: Yeah, sure. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing Jamal and Jokic because that's dumb. Jokic is the kind of player who, please, can you go behind you right there and knock on that desk real quick or whatever that drawer is? It looks like it's solid wood. You need some solid wood, none of this linoleum oh. shit for this. Then <laughs> he's so, like, What's I up?
3: Just, he just said, Nope.
2: No, no noise. Yeah. Because I'm going to say, Uh knock on wood, Jokic doesn't get hurt.
3: And if I fucking jinx it, I'm going to be pissed. So it's going to be your of The world, stay healthy. It's simple things. Really simple, simple things that I do not think Jamal Murray does. And the amount of excuses I've heard from this man, I have listened. I have put them in to my analysis of him. And this dude is not a superstar. He's just not. He should have made a leap. Yes, his numbers are somewhat similar, but they're garbage. Garbage points. The kind of points that when you're running on the clock, you're shooting the ball because you know it doesn't matter. It's garbage. 12 and 11 garbage. This. Let me tell you, Denver Nuggets got to where they did last season because of their two superstars and Jamal Murray and Jokic, which at the time, accurate. At this point, we are seeing a superstar in the rest of the Denver Nuggets. And it's not working nearly as well. And that starts with Jamal Murray. And I hope he feels bad about his game. And I saw his press conferences these past weekend. And I'm so glad he feels this bad because he needs to feel this bad. Someone needs to light a little fire under his tushy and wake him up. (laughs) Tushy. Riley taught me that word um you she didn't know the word Toshi really had <laughs> no Jews in her life but that's okay
2: I have actually though um yeah I guess I just never heard it I mean Jokic said similar similarly felt similarly about the situation he felt like you know Murray being playing bad was gonna piss him off and that was gonna be good for him and I th- think it is gonna be good for him I still think He's the same Jamal Murray we saw. I think he's just tired, and I don't think that there's a po- there's gonna be a way. No matter how mad you get, you don't get less tired being mad. In fact, check it out, people. Rumination, not a good thing. I'm sure he's ruminating. Rumination is what leads to stress, which leads to hormones that disperse through your system that cause you, you know, the stress or whatever.
3: Hey, it's, not it's not gonna help.
2: It's not gonna help. It's gonna make it more tired.
3: Michael Jordan, I took it personally me yes there's lots of anger behind that but it surely did not slow him down
2: (laughs) yeah um that's true i mean he i think jamal should take it personally and in this case in the sense that like you know that his game isn't where he wants it to be he should take that personally he should be fighting against himself
3: hearing me talk about how crappy he's played and how disappointed i am as an nba player prove me wrong
0: yeah,
3: well, I
2: well, it. <laughs> um, I hope he's not listening to this, hearing me try to come up with a bazillion reasons for why he is, is struggling. No, I mean, I don't think I'm trying to come up with a ton of reasons. What I am trying to say though, I do think he's genuinely tired, I do think that that's a genuine reason that he's struggling. And I will say, we can
3: move on to Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. We're all tired, they're all tired. Da, da, da. We're 11 months into this thing, okay. That's all I gotta say. And he hasn't
2: had a break. He, how would we expect one to stop being tired when there has just been go, 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 go? You know what? Riley, wait for Jamal Murray to have an all-star break where he's not an all-star, unfortunately, like we thought he probably or would Even close. Okay. 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 I I did I didn't need to even go there because I should have known you were gonna dig at him again. But <laughs> But what I'm saying is give him the all-star break to rest. And I bet you he comes back. And when he does, I will be here to serve up some slaps to the face for Riley or whatever. I don't know what we do on our pod. We need to come up with some sort of, you know, diss. But I bet you he comes back after the all-star break refresh because I know he's tired. I know that that's the issue and that's just like period with T, period
3: but I don't think we're going to need a diss thing i don't cuz it's not going to happen
2: <laughs> oh we are we're going to do we're going to need a diss thing mm-hmm. um i'm going to blue arrow you okay <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back and he will uh but michael porter junior has also been struggling he has all the talent in the world he I mean, everything we just talked about, you know, and he's having some woes. He He's not looking like the player that I think all of us anticipated him to be. We have to stop. I mean, I have to stop blaming Coach Malone too much because it's not, I mean, I think Malone has given him a, a few chances now. Like, you know, for a while it was like, we, we were blaming, oh, he's not getting minute, minutes and he's not getting time. And why can't he, why isn't he starting and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but he has gotten to start now. And he has gotten minutes now. And I mean, you were really high on him
3: recently, right? So what do you mm-hmm. think now? And I think he heard me and he was like, okay, I'm good. I'll take off the next like two weeks. But here's my thing, Jenna. We are on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to our lovely men of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. You have been hard on Michael Porter Jr. this season, as have I, but I do kind of, oh, Corduroy agrees with me. Yeah, she just shook her head and said, Rye is right.
2: Or, (laughs) no, Mom, I'm not going to lay down, is what she was saying.
3: (laughs) But Michael Porter Jr. is a young guy. And this is why I cut him some slack. He's a young guy. He's still learning. He's still producing. I still take him over, Will Barton, every day, any day, even on his worst days. And, yes, he is a young guy. He's a very inconsistent player right now, but so was Jamal, like, last year. And <laughs> this dude's a little got a couple years behind him. So, I actually see more potential right now and have more faith in Michael Porter Jr. Because he's a bucket. And when he does try on defense, I think he does a, a decent job. But... Um,
2: he has the same problem, though, and you that the same thing that issue that you have with Jamal he he has which is that he doesn't try all the time he's out there standing around he's got cement blocks for feet and he's literally like dragging them around the court like i'm like cut through the lane like if anything they should have michael porter junior learning from gary harris who might be the best cutter on this team they should have gary just coaching mpj straight up to learn how to cut through the lane where Jokic wants him. But instead, he's just standing over there like, someone's guarding me. I don't have the ball in my hands, so I don't care. So I'm not going to move. That's what he literally doesn't move unless the ball is in his hands, which is maybe the most selfish I've ever seen a player play.
3: But here's the thing, Jenna. Something that's very alarming that I've noticed from this year to last year is the nuggets team as a whole is not they're not moving without the ball not like they used to move and that's a a team thing it was never about one player moving yes Jokic and Murray and the playoffs were the guys and they took over when they needed to take over but as a whole through the game what made the denver nuggets the denver nuggets i felt like was they're constantly moving they're in a motion offense they're going in and out of the lane you had to keep up with these guys and now it's like wow, this, this isn't so bad, and I think that starts with the leader of the team. I think that starts with coaching. I think it starts with conditioning. I think it starts with health. I mean, it's like a whole bunch of things that it, it probably is, but when you take the Denver Nuggets out of the Denver Nuggets, you got nothing, and that's what they're looking like right now.
2: They are looking rough. I won't argue with you there, and And I'll say, I mean, I do agree uh, in the sense that, like, not everybody's moving a lot. I think it comes down to rest. They're tired. I'm not going to even continue to harp on it because we already talked about it. They're tired. Um, But, you know, MPJ shouldn't be tired if, according to your theory of the young legs, you know, he shouldn't be tired when his minutes are out there. I really don't think anyone from the bench should be lollygagging around when it's, uh, you know, their only chance to get out there and prove that they have any sort of reason to be out there. Because Coach Malone, I, I mean, has he even played Isaiah Hartenstein in like five or ten games? I mean, I did that, does that guy still play for us? Because mm-hmm. I haven't seen him. It's like he's disappeared. <laughs> but, you know, like these guys are only getting a few minutes here and there, and I feel like MPJ really does need to – Step up to those minutes. I gotta believe that he's probably pretty tired of it. I think he's pretty tired of the whole I gotta step up. And, um, and that's kind of part of what I was referring to in the sense of, you know, the pressure, um, specifically in MPJ's case, I think his relationship between him and Coach Malone, it, you know, MPJ, there has been times when MPJ has made a mistake and looked directly at the bench, like, shit, I'm about to get pulled. And there's been times this season when MPJ has made a mistake and Nikola Jokic looks like, shit, get this guy off the court. <laughs> like there have been, and those have been on offense, you know? Um, because I think nobody pretty, pretty much nobody expects anything on, on defense anymore. I think, and you're right. I, I I totally agree with you. When he plays, when he tries on defense, I actually think he's a pretty he's pretty decent. Like he's just long, athletic. He should be, you know, a decent defender. And when he tries, he has a lot of success. He jumped at that uh corner 3 in in the other night's game and that was a big he kind of got a tip on it and it was a big moment in the Milwaukee game. Like it was still a chance where the Nuggets still had a chance, a moment when the Nuggets still had a chance to kind of get back, but Um, I agree with you I think when he tries he's great I just don't know if he wants to try anymore for this coach I don't know I can't I don't see any like desire from MPJ in the sense like at all like just to even be I don't even think he's I'm not sure he's happy to be here
3: yeah I mean and that kind of brings I feel like an overall point into it and that being there needs to be change this isn't working I don't see it working. I don't know if it's in the coaching staff. I don't know if it's a player. I don't know if it's a leadership. I don't know what it is, but there's one man right now in the NBA that I think we can all agree we feel bad for. And his name is Nikola Jokic. And they need to do something to make him happy because he deserves it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, no, and and I know Nikola loves Malone. And I think most of the team and most of the guys do. And, um, and I'm just not sure, you know, I love Malone. I think he's a great coach. I I'm just not sure he's the coach who can get this team to where they need to be. I, I look at what doc rivers is doing in Philadelphia. And I think interesting because doc rivers is a great coach and everyone knows he's a great coach. He's been well known as a great coach in this league and yet he couldn't get The Clippers last year to be the team to live up to all of their potential, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not a great coach. Because look at what he's doing with the Sixers. Because the Sixers had a coach.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. Jenna, 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 Jenna.
2: Please don't come at me with some sort of Sixers are good by themselves without Doc Rivers.
3: No, 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 no. (laughs) Jenna. Doc Rivers is a great. I mean, a great regular season coach. Yes. But when it comes to the playoffs and having to win a championship, this man man seems to do a lot of like the Reggie Miller, like the choking. (laughs) And that is what he's known for. He literally was only to win one championship with the Celtics Big Three, and he's done nada with all the Clipper teams he's at. This man chokes. He's great in the regular season. Sure, the Sixers look good. Oh, we'll see how good they are in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that last season really shows you or indicates to you that Malone is necessarily great at the postseason. I think he almost lost two series, uh, being down three uh, one. I thought that his team really rallied and he his players brought a lot, but I'm not sure that necessarily it was him. You know, and so. Um, I think the coach Malone woes that I was referring to at the beginning of the podcast was one of our final segments or our, is our final segment for the night. Um, not that there's a lot more that couldn't be said about MPJ or, or about Jamal Murray that we clearly could debate that all, all day. But um, I think there are some, some coach Malone woes and, and my woes with coach Malone have been since postseason, the bubble run that they made his I guess my overall takeaway is from the bubble was that he struggled to make in-game changes he struggled to make changes that were going to really get him get him the win um he struggled to make series changes you know and then he kind of got there once it was like we got to do this like It's almost like he has to be on the brink of like being kicked out, you know, or losing the series to to really like be like, well, we we forced almost forced to make changes. It's a little frustrating. And and I would say that that has continued in how he has coached MPJ over the last several years. He's been very stern about MPJ has got to learn this, this, and this, you know, and he's got to play defense and all this stuff. But I do feel like some of MPJ's growth comes down to the fact that he has kind of been held at the outskirt for so long. He's been held off for so long as like, no, you can't come in because you're not there yet. You're not there yet. And guess what? MPJ now believes he's not there yet. And now he's playing crappy himself, you know, because he doesn't, I, and, I, and I'm and i not sure that that's necessarily the truth you know but it is what from what I see not that they have a bad friendship or whatever they might like each other very well but as coach and player it seems like there's some some struggle there and um and I'm not sure whether you know you you get rid of guys like Tori Craig you get rid of guys like I mean probably should have gotten rid of Paul Millsap but um, guys who are, you know, Mason Plumley, another crutch. He, he, Those are players who are very Malone-type players. Malone will go to them 100% of the time if he can. Gary Harris is a Malone crutch. Will Barton is a Malone crutch. Guys, he feels like he can count on him. He'll go to them over MPJ. And the team moved some of those players to make space and room for MPJ to grow and develop into who he is. And I think the, the like, final straw will be, like, you know, if MPJ really doesn't get out of this slump and doesn't figure this out because you're losing a phenomenal talent there. We, you know, don't want to see another Nurkic situation where like the relationship goes sour and then you go to another team and not only you, you're also not going to get a big return because the player hasn't been playing well in your time with you. Uh, So hopefully that doesn't happen with MPJ, but um, I think coach Malone has got to, loosen up a little bit like I don't know what the man needs if he needs a shower or he needs his wife or he needs you know a massage I don't know you know maybe he just needs to not be living in the 2021 pandemic filled world but maybe he needs a trip to 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 visit you Riley out there where the COVID doesn't exist to relax a little bit because um he seems stressed and I don't know that it's gonna it's really working in his favor um but I also just wish that he would just kind of let loose of the reins a little bit and see what he's got I think he's done that a little bit with the lineups recently in the last couple games that's why you're seeing Gladko, who Riley hates <laughs> not hates not hates but just I don't likes. hate
3: him as a man yeah I hate as him as if he'd be a basketball player <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes yeah not her cup of tea but um he looks like twice the size of everyone else on the court, though. He looks ginormous. I don't understand it. Like I've seen him in like real life he, like, and never thought he
3: Football big. would have been like very acceptable for him. Ooh, interesting.
2: Maybe he would have been a rugby pl- better rugby player.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's not that hard to be better in another sport than what he is right now. <laughs> okay,
2: Riley, bringing lots of the hot takes. Don't forget, she's also a college student who's very tired right now. It's like it's like 10:40 or midnight yeah. where she is yeah so yeah so she's very tired so
3: <laughs> she's kind got of lots of hot takes oh pants
2: <laughs> no i actually i mean i love that we have a little bit of both because um the fact you know you keep it real you keep it real when you talk nuggets with me, and you keep
3: me. that's all i gotta say <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, you keep it real for me. Keep me level-headed because I can come up with a lot of reasons for why, especially you know when you, you've you covered a team for so long and you get to know players individually. Um, but the team does, like you said, Riley, the team definitely needs a change, and that's the period, period, end of story, all the woes in the world. The team needs something.
3: Let me, let me end this on probably the biggest well. You ready for this? I'm ready. So as you know, I started working for a Hornets media outlet, fan-sided, Swarm and Sting. Mm-hmm. And let me just say this. The biggest woe that I could say is if the Hornets were facing off against the Nuggets tonight, I would have taken the Hornets. And <laughs> if I'm in Denver, that's probably one of the most offensive things that I could have said. So um, that's the kind of woe I'm at right now with the Denver <laughs>
2: yeah yeah well um that is a pretty big whoa they're gonna have to play cleveland tomorrow so are you taking cleveland
3: i mean they're young guys (laughs) she's like maybe not cleveland come on and cleveland Cleveland is low on the totem pole you know but yeah it might be closer than one might think (laughs) Uh, i don't know let's see what jamal does
2: yeah They got Cleveland, Oklahoma City, and then the Lakers on Valentine's Day, and then they head out on the road. They'll have the Celtics, Wizards, Hornets, and Hawks on the road and then come back to Portland and another game against the Wizards here at home to end out this month. They really have a trap week after this uh, on that that road trip is really a trap road trip because there's a few teams that you can really – classify as kind of crappy or you know all oh, those guys we can always beat those kind of teams but um, b- but you never know with this Nuggets team if they come out with that point of view or that perspective which I've never heard them come out with at any point but we don't want them to you know think that it's going to be an easy win because as of right now it seems like all the wins are hard so
3: hey they literally have to go through me on the <laughs> From Charlotte to Atlanta, you have to go through Columbia. They got to go through me. Okay. Hopefully <laughs> so i make sure. it known. <laughs> Good slap in yeah. the face. Wake up.
2: Wake up everybody. Time to play some basketball. Yeah. yeah. That's I think how all of Denver feels. Wake up Denver Nuggets. We need you to be the team we thought you were last year and, and we loved so much, but I still think you're in there. You know, I understand. I know. I still think that that team exists somewhere. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, they have every piece yet. So hopefully they get this figured out, but it was a lot of woes this (laughs) week. There was a lot to say and a lot going on. So we'll be back next week with another episode of the chicken nuggets podcast on Denver Stips network. Thanks for listening guys. And you can follow Riley at Riley Biller on Twitter. And me at BWB.